can really only laugh at it. It's it's just. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, St. Louis Blues. We are joined this time by Laura Astorian. Did I say that correctly? You did. Oh, awesome. Sometimes I'm good for getting it right. <laughs> Laura Astorian, who is the site manager for St. Louis Game Time. Laura, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Very good. I just saw the Flyers tie the game. Yeah, They're playing yeah. the Hurricanes right now. It's very exciting. Um, also, not very common this season what? for us. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know how it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the, the Blues, on the other hand, have been quite good this season. Right now, they are sitting third in the Central Division behind uh, Colorado and Minnesota. Minnesota continues to surprise me. Yeah, me too. I expect them to be that good, and then out of nowhere, they're just good. Um, But it's been a while since we played the Blues, so I guess kind of high level. How have the Blues looked so far this season? Um, For the most part, they've looked really good. Um, I've really enjoyed watching them uh, blow past all of the preseason predictions that everybody had them just barely missing the playoffs and the Blackhawks making it. So I really enjoyed watching that play out and watching Chicago not be good. Um, They've been, they've been fine. Um, The only issue the blues have really consistently had all year, I think has been with their defense. Um, And then of course the whole goaltending controversy, I guess, I I don't know. We tend to manufacture goalie controversies where there aren't any. So, (laughs) but as far as like consistency of play and just really going out there, um, it's been there almost every night except for when we're playing non-playoff teams which you know there's a sliver of hope there tomorrow for you guys I was actually I'm glad that you said that I was I was actually gonna bring that up I was looking at the the last couple of games that the Blues have played and they've won most of them except for one weird shootout loss to the Montreal Canadiens who are you know on actual fire right now (laughs) And I actually kind of like when that kind of thing happens when I do these little pregame podcasts because it, I kind of want to know, like, how how did that very bad hockey team beat your pretty good hockey team? Because that's something that I feel like, you know, maybe the Flyers could copy what the Canadians <laughs> did in that game and figure out how to beat the Blues. So what was it about that game that led to them losing? Oh, boy. It, it's It's been a habit for... I mean, honestly, I've always kind of joked that the Blues, like, play down to their competition. But, like, it, it's kind of been that way the past couple of seasons. And they they did it against uh, the Devils. They they lost that game to New Jersey that they really should not have lost. And then they did it again, you know, last Thursday against Montreal. And I really think the problem is just that there's they, – they think – when, when they're going into the game that, you know, when they're playing a, a team that's not a playoff team, that they can kind of take their foot off the gas. And, mm. like, there were, I think that, uh, I forgot how uh, how it was phrased by a couple of the guys in the post-game um, post-game interviews, but there were, there were some, there were some loafers on that team that night that just, I don't know. They just kind of figure, well, we're playing the Canadians and, you know, I don't really have to do as much or, you know, hey, somebody else has got it or or what the deal was. But there were a few plays out there that just looked like they were just going through the motions. And I really think that that's been been the problem every time or almost every time they've lost. Um, 
to to a team that's not doing well. It's just they just kind of go, well, we got this. And and they don't got it. Because they did the same <laughs> thing against Arizona at the start of the year. And I was like, how did you lose to the Coyotes? You know, and then it would turn into, how did you lose to the Devils? And how did you lose to the Canadians? And it's like, well, they just kind of just didn't try, <laughs> honestly. We've seen a lot of that in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I know. I'm I'm really sorry. I've been really disappointed by by seeing, especially because I figured, you know, after the off season, the Flyers would have really come out of the gate and stayed out of the gate. But yeah, yeah, we did not happen. We thought so too, and it's it's been pretty much like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and on top of it, no one's playing good hockey. So. Yeah. I mean, y'all got popped with injuries and COVID too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. We, we had, you know, the big trade this summer was the Ryan Ellis trade and we got four games out of him before it was done for the entire season. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so sorry. That's terrible. (laughs) Oh my God. That's awful. You can really only laugh at it. It's, it's just, but that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm almost used to happening to like the blues, (laughs) you know, it's like, well, yeah. You know, so, what do you do? Right. Looking at the stats, um, I was, I mean, I, it's not really surprising that Vladimir Tarasenko leads the team in points because he's, you know, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but given how vocal he was about, you know, not really wanting to be in St. Louis and all of the trade rumors, and it kind of seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was going to be traded from the Blues, and he wasn't. Um, Given like all of that that happened in the offseason, did you expect to have him to have this kind of monster season? Or did you kind of think that, you know, he was going to take his foot off the gas a little bit because he was so unhappy? You know, that's that's a really good question. And I think I think a fair answer is I wasn't sure um, because part of me was kind of like, well, if he doesn't really want to be here. But I mean, he's never really been a player to to coast and. I mean, once he didn't get traded because, I mean, clearly Doug Armstrong couldn't get what he wanted for him. And people were kind of lowballing, I'm sure, uh, because of Tarasenko's um, injury history. I also kind of wondered, like, well, you know, if Tarasenko was out and it hasn't happened yet, then, you know, maybe he'll play to elevate his value, you know, to prove those GMs that that lowballed the team wrong and to kind of, you know, at least raises value on the open are on a trade market. So that way, you know, a trade can happen. So I, I kind of think that's what's been going on this year, but at the same time too, I really think that being on that line that he's on with Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich has been like completely rejuvenating for him. And I think that, I mean, honestly, that second line has been a huge part of um, the blue success recently. And, you know, keeping them together, I guess, is probably going to be, you know, something that um, that's going to happen for more games than more games than not for the rest of the year. So I think that's a big part of it is just getting him time with the players he needs to be with him being healthy and just kind of going, hey, you're here. You know, you're the guy you're here for as long, however long you're here. And we expect you to produce. And clearly he expects himself to produce. And I think it's just working out best for everybody. Yeah, it's interesting looking at last year, this year. Obviously, last season was weird, um, short and all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, but looking at last season's 56 games, we're just about there this season, about 10 games away. And last yeah. year, the points leaders for the Blues were, you know, like totally different. Like, I feel like when when there's not a lot of roster turnover, usually year over year, the points leaders are, are kind of the same. But last year it was, you know, David Perrin, Ryan O'Reilly, Mike Hoffman, Braden Chen. Um, Tarasenko obviously wasn't up there because he was hurt. But yeah. this year it's like a, a totally different list of names. Tarasenko, Buchnevich. Jordan, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, Ivan Barbashev. What is different this season? Why a whole new group of players succeeding? You know, I'm not 100% sure. Because, I mean, honestly, I was thinking about that myself because I was um, reading an article somewhere about David Perron and, like, his drop-off this year. I mean, last year was a points-per-game player, and this year he's had some issues. And I don't know if it was just, like, some of the guys – getting dinged because most a lot of our top scorers last year got dinged with COVID this year um Perron for the second time so that's horrible luck um you know and I I I, part of me kind of wonders if it just took them a while or it's taking them a while to get kind of back into the swing of things I know that you know the team or the players never admit it but um you know I kind of wonder how much that has to do with it or just I mean honestly it's the only thing I got um just because I've been, no, I don't want to use the word disappointed with David Perron because it, I mean, like I've, I've always been happy with him every single time he comes back. Um, but I mean, he just hasn't been putting up the same level of numbers. And I mean, I, I kind of do genuinely wonder if it's not a little bit of a lingering effect from something. Um, because I mean, like his use hasn't changed that much and his, Playing time really hasn't changed that much. The only factor is he missed, you know, he missed those games with COVID, and he did miss some games back in uh, November, I think, um, with a with a high hit that he got um, against the Red Wings, I think it was. And he's got himself a concussion history, so I don't know if he's being a little bit tentative because of that. Maybe not wanting to put himself out there quite so much, so he doesn't get, you know, his what fourth career concussion. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not really exactly sure what the deal, if it's just the case of the young guys kind of finally clicking and coming into their own or or what the deal is. But as long as somebody clicks, that's, that's all <laughs> right. I care about. Right. I guess it doesn't really matter who's, you know, scoring 25 goals as long as, you know, half your team scoring 25 goals, which seems to be happens. <laughs> I get where I can get it. Um, so I saw in St. Louis game time that our pal Braden Shen just scored his 100th goal as a St. Louis blue, which is wild to think, um, yeah, because time isn't real and it doesn't feel like it's been that long since. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my God. Um, how's he doing? Just like for, for our information. He's doing good. I think, um, you know, he hasn't, um, I don't, I don't know if this year, like points wise, he's been like as consistent as he should be, but. One thing I've always really liked about Shen, and I think he's he's doing a good job growing into it, is his leadership role on the team. Um, mm. He's really kind of struck me, especially in like the post game interviews, um, as as one of like the go to leadership voices. Um, and he's not afraid of to hold himself accountable or the the team accountable where he needs to. And I really appreciate that. I mean, he's definitely been one of the mo- more um, full package players I think that we've had in a while and his his contract extension the other year was was great and reasonable so I'm hoping he hangs around for a while yeah it's good it's 
we love to see guys doing well in their new homes. So it's, it's good. Um, you mentioned earlier the uh, goalie situation slash controversy. Um, as someone who admittedly pays zero attention to the Western Conference until the playoffs, which is probably terrible, but um, I know Jordan Biddington has been very bad, which kind of brings me joy because he seems like a dick. Um, and then you have... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his, his numbers are pretty bad. He's got an 898. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And then there's a uh, Ville Huso. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah. His numbers are uh, crazy good. He's got a 936. Um, he's played 19 games. Jordan has played 24 games. Is there an actual goalie controversy or is Bennington definitely still the number one goaltender in St. Louis? I mean, there was actually a really interesting piece that came out today, like an opinion piece in the Post-Dispatch. Um, I think it was a Hodgman piece, but talking about how, like, the similarities between Huso right now and Bennington the year that they, they went on the run are, like, crazy uncanny. And the situation is very similar to what Bennington did to, to Jake Allen. You know, Allen did his usual January, December, January run a crappy play and Bennington stepped in and took it over. And this year it looks like Bennington got a jump on, on Allen because his crappy play started <laughs> uh, late November ish and Uso got a hold of it and he's been the hot hand and they've been, been riding him since. Then. And I mean, my philosophy with goalies is always whatever works and whatever gets you the points do it. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know if there's so much of a controversy as, as much as like, for some reason, and I don't know why, but I feel like Blues fans are always very resistant to the idea of there being a 1A, 1B goalie tandem, even though that's like basically what the team has had almost every season since probably 2008-2009. Like, we've always kind of found a balance between 1A and 1B, and then, you know, when 1A falters, 1B picks it up and vice versa, and I kind of feel like that's what's happening now. It's just that it's really hard to figure out, like, what in the world is going on with Jordan Biddington right now. Um, if it's technique or if he, you know, if it's something else or he needs to speak to a sports psychologist or, like, what the deal is going on with him. Yeah. But, I mean, the Blues can't keep putting him in games and keeping their fingers crossed and, you know, maybe this is the one that he, that he gets, you know, everything worked out in because, I mean, it's not... NHL's not charity like we're you know we're going to play the goalie that you know that that gets the team the points the Blues aren't going to play the guy that they really hope you know finally shakes it off so I mean it's a little bit of a mess but it would be a bigger mess if neither goalie were playing well right so I mean I'm just kind of like you know whoever whoever gets us the wins I'm fine with I'm not particularly loyal to to either one of them I just Honestly, I just think Bennington worked better when he was like the mysterious goalie that came out of nowhere and mm. had that whole calm and collected persona. And then for whatever reason, after the Stanley Cup run, like closer to the end of the year season before last, I noticed he started to get kind of a, I don't know if it was an attitude or a temper or what the deal was. And yeah. like since then, he, he just hasn't been the same. And I'm like, you got to like, channel your irritation at your play in a different direction than you know taking swings at people 20 feet away from you yeah yeah maybe just play better you know 
that's one way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a fan, are you worried about that contract? Honestly, when it was signed, I really wasn't super duper excited about it. Um, yeah. I was like, wow, small sample size. That's a lot of money. Um, I mean, I, I'm completely on board with rewarding somebody that, that helped you win the Stanley Cup like that. Like, I knew, I knew he was going to get paid, but I just kind of thought that, you know, for for the number of games that we had him in a starting position, you know, and just such a lightning in a bottle situation that like, I don't think anybody expected him to be the exact same way the season after that. But (laughs) I just, I mean, but on the other hand, I also understand like that's the market and it's either test the market and get an unknown quantity with your team or stick with what you know, or you hope, you know, works for like a pretty reasonable price for a starting goalie. I mean, I think I, I can completely see both sides of that but I just I mean that that contract kicks in next year so you better get his ducks in a row before before he starts getting paid six million dollars a year to have you know numbers in the near the bottom of the league's goalies yeah signing I feel like literally any goalie to a long-term contract is just so chancy there's goalies are streaky and weird I mean look at Cam Ward after um he won his cup in, in Carolina and, you know, got paid and became really super inconsistent. You would think that NHL GMs would have learned from Carey Price just you because he really was would. so good. And then just really, really bad. You would think they never learn a lesson, though. So it's not. Oh, no. Oh, no. They never pay any attention to because they're always like, well, that was that guy's decision. That's what right. happened here. And <laughs> right. Exactly. Of course it's going to happen here because you said it wasn't. So, And it almost always does. It does. Like you would think at some point some GM would be like, wait a second. I've learned a lesson from another team. But I always feel like they kind of have this weird culty like hive GM hive mind Mm -hmm. going. And what one GM determines to be what teams need to do, the other GMs all do. And it's just exhausting. It really is. So outside of the big name players that we've kind of talked about a little bit, is there anybody um, who might not be on our radar who's been kind of sneaky good this season that we should I mean, honestly, Ivan Barbashev has been really good all season, regardless of where, where he's been placed. He's he's played well. He's kind of cooled off a little bit recently because just that'd be moving around a little bit. But when he was on the line with Bushnevich and Tarasenko, he was – putting up points left and right. So I would definitely say Barbashev. And of course there's always Jordan Cairo. Like this year's been such a breakout year. I mean, like it's it, it's good that the rest of the league has finally started to kind of kind of notice him a little bit more. He's kind of getting some some notoriety where he where he deserves it. And I'm trying to think, probably nobody on the defense. <laughs> um I hate to say it like that, but our our defense this year has been less than ideal which is wild considering i i always used to think of the blues as like you know a super strong defensive team yeah so did we (laughs) (laughs) but this year i just i mean part of it is still trying to you know losing petrangelo and bo meisters that pairing really really sucked but half of that was unavoidable unfortunately and half of that was petrangelo's just asking for like a ton of money um Honestly, Falk and Krug have been really good. Like that pairing has been good, and 
um, Pareko and Mikola have have calmed down, but I still don't think Colton Pareko's at a hundred percent from his his back problems last year. So that's been an issue, and clearly that third pairing of uh, Robert Bartuzzo and Marcos Scandella is just like. It's liability central, even though Scandella is out right now and Jake Wallman's in. And Wallman's been playing pretty well, but it's just they're just not big and, and tough and defensive. And the big one we have in Pareko, he doesn't really put himself out there to make any huge physical defensive moves. And I think a good part of that is because his back's still tweaked or whatever it is he did to it. So if defense has been the weakest part of the Blues game this season, what would you say has been the high point? Um, I think the, for the most part, the consistency in the offense has been really, really nice, um, especially on with their, with their power play. And I mean, their, their penalty kills were really good this year, too. But like, I don't get that feeling of, oh, here come the Blues. You're going to score two goals and, and, the, and that's it. Like there's there's a little bit of an expectation, I think, among Blues fans that not every night, but more often than not that they're going to put shots on net and they're they're going to score on a lot of them. So that's been that's been good. It's just sometimes the teams that have held them back from doing that have been the teams that you know you would have expected the Blues to put five goals up against like I don't know Montreal, <laughs> you know. So, so it's been a little like here and there it's been a little spotty, but overall I've been really really happy with uh, with the with the team's offense. Like I I can't say enough about the second line right now and how consistent and how good they've been. The final thing I'll ask you, which okay. is the final thing I ask everyone, is for a shot in the dark prediction for the final score of this game. Oh, no, I'm so bad at predicting stuff. Um, <laughs> see, well, we're playing a non-playoff team, so mm-hmm. that makes it even harder. Who, by the way, just mm-hmm. lost in overtime to the Hurricanes. Oh, so they're coming no. off a loss. I'm sorry. That's okay. At least they got a point out of it. That's good. <laughs> I don't know. We're kind of rooting for a tank at this point. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. I don't know. I think Montreal might still have you beat. Oh, yeah. Let's see. A prediction. I will say maybe 4-3 Blues in overtime. Okay. I'll live on the edge a little bit and predict a Blues win, but just enough to, to keep it interesting. I can see that happening but i'm sure it'll probably be like a 5-1 philadelphia blowout (laughs) that's the way the blues have been playing you'll you'll find me on the floor (laughs) in my apartment if that happens um i'm gonna guess that this is a mm, i'm gonna say 4-2 blues win that seems reasonable yeah i think we can manage i think they can manage that hopefully they should be able to, unless, like you said, they decide that they're just going to play Flyers hockey, and then who knows what we'll get. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I've been looking forward to this game. It's a mystery. Yeah, it should, it'll be a fun one, at least. I'm going, so hopefully, if nothing else, it's a good game. Oh, well, I hope so, because there's nothing worse than going to a game and having it be a blowout loss. Absolutely. I've, as a former Thrasher season ticket holder, I have experienced <laughs> a lot of those at the hands of the Flyers. So. The good old days. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace, guys. Laura, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am over at St. Louis Game Time um, and also on Twitter at, at Hildy Mac. 
Great. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thank you for having me. No problem. Everyone head on over to St. Louis Gaiden Time and check out their content. It is excellent, as always. Laura, thank you. Everyone listening, thank you. I hope you all enjoy the game. Go Flyers. Thank you. Have a good night.